Good afternoon, Ed. Hey, Early afternoon. Kind of evening. evening, yeah. I woke up late. Feels like afternoon. Um, Sunday. Very nice. It? Good. Good for some, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Um, I uh, I've I watched this game yesterday uh, on the Saturday afternoon and thoroughly enjoyed it. We we watched uh, Liverpool two, Manchester United three from September twenty ten. Uh, yes, I guess we'll get onto that shortly. I, or, I suppose or, or United three, Liverpool two. Yeah, yeah, to be Old much Trafford. more accurate about it. Yeah, because it's at Old Trafford. Um, fantastic game of football. It was thoroughly enjoyable. Always enjoyable to beat the Scouts, but this was also a good game to watch. Yeah, and Anna just an just I, I re-listened. We'll talk about this a, a lot more later. But I re-listened to the first ten minutes of our show that we put out immediately afterwards. Still the Jungle Brothers theme tune. That's how long ago it is. Um, wow. And uh, we just moaned about the defending the whole time, which with 10 years of hindsight really made me feel silly. Spoiled. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I don't think, um, I don't think you would have listened to that and think in 10 years, these guys are going to do a, a whole nostalgia show about this game. But yeah. And it'd be completely different. Cause actually I was watching this thinking, wow, I actually defended pretty competently. Liverpool had hardly a chance in this game. Yeah. Scored twice in the second half, but they're both from set pieces. Both from significant defensive errors, I would say. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. you know, but generally speaking, the pattern of play was not like that. But anyway, I guess we should talk about, we've talked every week about news when there hasn't actually been any yes. news to talk about. So, Well, there's been bits of news, but there really is news now, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, so June the 17th. Um, that's, June the 17th, and that's going to be City are going to play a game. The two teams, the, the four teams that have got to catch up or the two games that are behind will play. Uh, and so that's going to be on the what Thursday night, and then on the Saturday, the Friday night there'll be a game. Saturday there'll be four games. Sunday there'll be four games, and Monday there'll be a game. And it's going to be that pattern until the season finishes. So it's going to be a lot of football, and they're all at different times, and they're all going to be televised. I mean, the, if only there was something to play for this season. Like, <laughs> what we need really is we need the relegation teams to all win their first couple of games or something or like just just have Norwich win their first two games get a bit of a mix em ups in in that relegation well, fight I, I, yeah is it Norwich that the biggest problem the biggest problem is at Aston Villa and, and West Ham it's the people who think they can get out of it yeah uh, right uh, yeah. yeah and we may still have a problem we may still have a problem if there there's a lot of positive tests and and we are talking about the return of the Premier League admit a falling death rate in the UK, but still a really high daily daily cases rate compared yeah. to the rest of Europe. Yeah, right? yeah. Much, much higher than Spain, which will be starting La Liga on the same weekend in Italy, which is starting a weekend later, or I, think, I think, something like that. Um, or maybe maybe the other way around. Um, so there's a, there's a huge gamble being taken by the Premier League here. Um, the England, or the UK, sorry, has the high, second highest per capita excess death rate, which is the model most statistic, statisticians say that we should use in the world. Um, so it gives you some context for the uh, this kind of environment we're getting football back in. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, yeah, huge risks. And then there's all the contractual integrity stuff. Uh, and so they're going to try and ram through all these games so they don't have to pay too much back to the broadcasters. And we could still get 
even though they've officially signed on those clubs who are likely who are in the relegation mixer um you know wanting to stop because there are tests or um potentially going to court because of the lack of integrity uh, in playing at neutral venues or without um a crowd and We've already seen the results in the Bundesliga from three rounds of games that home advantage has gone out the window, basically, mm. you know. And, and and all the sort of historical statistical models say that there is basically when there's no crowd, there's no home advantage. Yeah. So there's something in this argument. We've got a complaint as well because for reasons I just cannot fathom, they've said because there was some fisticuffs in a United versus Sheffield United game from 2016 that the Manchester United-Sheffield United game that is supposed to be at Old Trafford and now be played at a neutral venue. Wow. And this is an absolutely critical game in Champions League qualification. Yeah, of course. Reckoning, isn't yeah. it? You know, and even if we say there's no advantage or you know, much less advantage playing without a crowd, it's still supposed to be at Old Trafford. Yeah. And, and played at their place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask, because I haven't read anything forensically so basically all that i know is football's coming back and there's going to be an absolutely a dangerous amount of it to mainline if you're uh, <laughs> if you're into yeah. that kind of thing yeah well so basically the most of the players were back training sort of a week ago non-contact small gate um socially distanced small four sides that kind of thing they're supposed to uh, start contact um training this week and then with sort of more, the week afterwards, sort of games, you know, uh, in training and just much more like the real thing. Um, so they'll be fit by the time the, you know, physically fit by the time uh, the Premier League comes around, but not conditioned for, given that they've had two months off, not conditioned for the, the actual, you know, professional football. So it'll be interesting whether we see a lot of injuries because they have... It seems been quite a lot, a lot of injuries in the Bundesliga, um, and so it wouldn't be surprising. Are there any changes to the rules with subs? You know what? I don't know. Okay, I think they've been they've been nominating five in the Bundesliga, haven't right, they? Okay. So they, yeah, I think they've been able to use five in the Bundesliga. So I think that's probably it because FIFA passed that one. Um, and then my last question is: Not every game is played at a neutral venue, right? This is this is their no, picking select certain, fixtures, certain fixtures, yeah, it's and they're not crazy. actually published all the fixtures, all the locations yet. But certain ones where the local police said we'd prefer it not to be at this venue, right? Almost certainly, Liverpool will not get to to play their first couple of fixtures at Anfield, yeah. Uh, and the apparently the London derbies will likely be shifted away as well. Right. Like, there's an Arsenal Tottenham game to come. So, I mean, it's it's all a bit insane, isn't it? I I I haven't watched any Bundesliga football still. I think Premier League will be very different because I just don't have an emotional relationship with the Bundesliga, right? So it, it's it's how much do you miss actual football? Well, I've I've watched as much actual football in the last number of weeks as I normally would, to be honest, just uh, old games. Um, and so I wasn't like desperate to watch any live sport of any kind, but I'm sure I'll like kind of watch the Premier League like it was a World Cup, which is kind of what it is really, isn't it? So in the summer and just games, three or four games a day and all that kind of stuff, it can be can be fun to have those kind of times. And obviously, like even though... 
lockdown restrictions are easing and changing in the UK, there's still plenty of restrictions in place and, you know, minimal stuff that you can do. So so just from that perspective, it's as long as they can they can pull it off kind of safely and look after the players and staff and all those kinds of things, which is a big if, I guess. Um it's I'm quite glad it's coming back, I think. Um maybe that's gonna sound really callous and ill informed because I haven't been paying close attention, but um yeah. I mean, look, life life is continuing. So football is just one other industry and there's there's plenty of risk being taken. It's it's probably likely that that footballers are amongst the safest cohort of people in the country, right? They don't have to ride public transport or go into a crowded supermarket or god forbid work in a crowded workplace except you know in their actual match environment they've been tested constantly the 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 one challenge we have uh, here in the premier league is that the contractor they're using for the testing can only turn it around in 48 hours and you can meet an awful lot of people in 48 hours yeah uh, yeah. And that that may well have an effect if we have a, like a cluster of cases at different clubs. We'll see. There is much faster in Germany, where they're turning it around inside twenty four hours, and that does have a significant effect. And so I'd say the the risks of us not completing the season are still pretty high. Right. Wow. But yeah. You know, because if if there's a couple of cases at a club, what do they do? Yeah. And that still has not been. We don't know what the protocol is. That they're saying, if it's an individual player, they have to isolate for seven days. What if it's three or four? You can send the whole squad home and they don't get to play for two weeks and in a in a schedule when we're trying to finish this before August. Yeah. Gonna be yeah, gonna be so. pretty crazy. Anyway, and we haven't even got on to European football yet, but that that will come later. Yeah. Um uh, is the FA are they gonna play the rest of the FA Cup? Unclear. Right. Yeah. There are so many things that in Project Restart, all they've done is the restart bit. Right. The rest of it doesn't appear to have been at least it's not been publicly right. announced. Or even leaks, so I'm not sure. Did the Car- the Carabao Cup finish? Didn't it? Yeah, City won. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so, but we're still in the. I think we're still in the FA Cup. I have a memory of us still. My my guess right now. If you I ask think me, we're still in the, we're FA, still Cup. In the FA Cup. <laughs> we yeah, beat we're, Chelsea. We're still, we're still in. We're still in the Europa League. Yeah, of, of course. course. Yeah, yeah, could have a lot of games to play. Yeah. So I mean, what? but we've got some people back. Paul Pogba fit. Marcus Rashford fit. That feels a little bit like cheating. It's like the Champions League running. It's like, oh, we just delay the season for three months and uh, have Pogba and Rashford back. And Pogba and Fernandez. Pogba obviously is going to be here for the whole of next season or at least until January, probably beyond. Um, it's pretty exciting, that just that part of it. I mean, the, the rest of... Listen... Humanity is not exciting in any way, shape, or form at the moment. I mean, <laughs> no, we the not, world is on fire right now. Yeah, but and, yes, and we can we can escape to the bubble of the Premier League for a bit. I'm I suppose. Sure, everybody knows where we stand on some of the big issues happening in the world today, and and uh, there's not going to be any silence or obfuscation of those positions on this podcast. Um, so you know, uh, there's what things all over social media. To if you're feeling powerless and helpless places that you can go to um, to di- best your, direct your resources, either practical or physical, lots of information, lots of guidance and ways to educate yourselves on on issues around race 
Um, so please do that if you haven't already. But let's just park the world for the next uh, 60 minutes or so. And um, yeah, I'm kind of buzzing to watch Paul Pogba and Bruno Fernandes play together in Manchester oh. United's midfield. That's going to be... No, I mean, I think that's going to be fantastic. It'd be interesting to see what kind of formation. I, I mean, I would assume it would be the kind of the French-style formation with Pogba a little bit deeper and uh, deeper and Fernandes further forward, forward. But we can come to that in a couple of weeks' time when we'll do a preview show. We've probably only got like three or four of these nostalgia shows left. Paul and I said we'd for our final nostalgia show, we'd pick a best 11 each. From, from, the, the, from the ones we've watched. we've watched. Yeah, I'm really yeah. excited to do that. Um, I know who the goalkeeper is, by the way, and, and I want to offer him a retrospective apologies for all the times I doubted that he might oh, be. I, I, think you need, I, I think there should be deep apologies. <laughs> yeah. Not about his punditry. No, no, no. Or his <laughs> no. celebrating goals for Man City, but yeah. Um, he did have a rick in him. <laughs> that's still that's still true. Uh, but anyway, um, we'll get onto that in in a few weeks. Then, we, so we're going to do a couple more of these. Then we'll do uh, a best eleven of the of the the games that we've watched. And please send send us your best elevens if you've been following along at home on the game club. And um, and then we're going to do an, an actual like season preview show, I guess, uh, in a few weeks' time. So should we take a quick break and then uh, come back with? Uh, Manchester United 3, Liverpool 2. Alrighty. If you're really enjoying the show, uh, we'd absolutely love it if you could tell a friend because this is the best way to spread podcasts. The other thing that would be super helpful is if you consider giving us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks, everyone. Dimitar, Berbatov, one look at City and he said no thanks. The thing about that song, right? Is I think I think there was something wrong there. Yeah, the lyrics lyrics were not quite right. But it definitely, having heard Dimitar Berbatov speak a lot since then, that's exactly the real lyrics of the song is exactly what he would have said because he's a very very sweary gentleman. <laughs> yes, uh, I I think he may have said a few choice words uh, after scoring some of these goals, especially the second one. I mean, uh, it's a phenomenal performance. So. Um, we watched this game with some international commentary uh, of the lowest order. Um, Alan McAnally as lead com and oh, Craig gosh, Burley as co-com. Brutal, brutal. This is what the, the people around the world have been exposed to for many years. Um, I've got plenty of complaints about the commentators we experienced on UK TV, but this was up there with the worst I've ever heard, really. Um, <laughs> just, oh, we'll get to some of the specifics. Uh, I guess. Um, so this is the 2010-2011 season. United end up champions. Yes. Very, that's correct. Very, yes, from Chelsea. 100% correct, yeah. Yeah, that is correct. Uh, final of the Champions League. I can't remember what we did in the FA Cup. I don't think we won it. No, we didn't. We definitely didn't win it. I thought you were going to say, I can't remember what happened in the final of the Champions League. And I was going to say, no, I, I remember, remember Rooney, I remember Rooney, that, Rooney scored at one point. Um, yes. But yeah, so that it's this is that season... And, um, yeah, talking about apologies owed, I did listen to the first 10 minutes of the show that came out immediately afterwards, and it was disgraceful. We were an absolute disgrace in 2010. Spoil, <laughs> entitled, 
no idea how good we had it. No idea. Man, if you could just forward a few years. The complaints. <laughs> right, lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is they, the... they say uh, They say youth is wasted on the young, you know, <laughs> because you're too much of an idiot. Yeah. Ferguson's Man <laughs> United. football was wasted on us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, we spent a lot of this game talking about the defensive problems that United were having. Now, in our defence, and this was very different not having it contextualised, we had just blown a lead against Everton to draw three all. I think we'd drawn, we'd drawn two all. We were about to draw two all against Bolton. We'd drawn two all against Fulham. So we were conceding goals for fun um, at this point. But I don't think we had a proper context for just how uh, good this team was at general being a football team. Um, and also, yeah. one thing I didn't remember about this game is how r- rubbish... Liverpool were at this point. I mean, they are. This they are is dreadful in this game. Liverpool. I mean, like three two, you might think it's a a really close game, and that somehow Liverpool pushed us. I mean, if you listen to the commentary, you might believe that too. <laughs> Ridiculously one-eyed commentary, but Liverpool are not in this game at all. Ever. I mean, they play five across midfield and it's an absolute jumble as well. This is is quite early in Roy Hodgson's time as Liverpool manager. Um, and he's he's playing Gerard Paulson, Rodriguez, Maxi Rodriguez, who's a very strange player. Yeah, pretty much the only analysis from this commentary that I agree with. Craig Burley uh, hates Maxi Rodriguez so much. Yeah. Morelles and, and Joe Cole, who I'd completely forgotten played for Liverpool at one point. And from his performance... Uh, and, and they're just completely outpassed by United's... United playing a straight 4-4-2, basically. Giggs is wide, Nani is wide. Fletcher and Skulls completely dominate in midfield. I mean, Gerrard scores twice, but he's just not in this game at all. No. At all. No, I mean, like he said, scored twice, kissed the camera, did nothing, basically, all game. No. I mean, it's always, it's always uh, you know, and of course I have uh, very... A uh, very one-eyed view of of Steven Gerrard because I'm a United fan and I don't care for him much. But he always struck me as that's the kind of summary of his career. Did the the highlight things, you know? He scores a goal from 30 yards and is just not in the game um, and something like that. I think he's a uh, probably one of the earliest perfect YouTube players. You know, highlight reel is much better than his actual performances. And this one, he scores from a penalty and a free kick. Apart from that, Liverpool just completely dominated in midfield. Yeah. So, um, uh, Berbatov was described by the manager in the pre-match programme, as the commentators referred to repeatedly, as having a touch of genius about him. And it's like, isn't it like classic Fergie that in a game where Berbatov scored a hat-trick, including an amazing overhead kick of basically his own creation, he'd written in the programme notes that he was a genius. Like, just very apropos timing yeah i mean i I don't i can't remember the exact context in the lead up to this uh but he was under pressure of course Bobatov. this is his third season at the club he hadn't done great in the two previous seasons he ends this season with 21 goals but eight of them come in two games three against liverpool five against blackburn and and you know he's going to end up leaving the club as not a success given the the weight of the fee uh, but this is his best season at the club and this is one of his best ever games at the club. Yeah, so yeah. we talked on the show at the time that he'd been getting booed the season before um, by United fans. In this season, he'd scored um, in... So he scored in four out of the five opening games of the season. 
He'd scored in the first game, the third game, the fourth game, one in each of those. Then he got his hat-trick in this. So he was really on absolute fire. Didn't score again until the Blackburn Rovers game. So but <laughs> right. by, so the Blackburn Rovers game is on the 20th of, uh, sorry, is on the 27th of November. Why, by which point he's scored 11 of his 20 goals already. Um, and like, like we said, eight of them in, in two matches. So right. it, it, it's not really a good season. Yeah. It's yeah. It just But it's still his best. Yeah, absolutely. And this so. performance, I mean, he's he's just such a it's just such a scintillating performance. It's Yeah. It, he's two of his goals are basically like strikers goals and then the other one is pure Berbatov. Yeah. It, it, I mean, it's interesting goals he scores. I mean, uh, the game United a uh, it's 15 minutes until Liverpool create anything, and United completely on top in those those first 15 minutes. They're just completely dominant, they, aren't they? They don't have a shot for 24 minutes, Liverpool. 24 minutes is their first shot. Right, that's it. Yeah, John. Sorry, yeah, Johnson fires wide on on 24 minutes. Yeah, 15 minutes. Great chance for Nan- Nanny should have scored. Lovely. Oh, just piece of Berber sex. Uh, in the build-up where he um, he dummies and absolutely sells Carragher down the river. I mean, it's one of those ones you just want to retire. Carragher has a horrible game, by the way. Yeah, real bad. <laughs> um, there's, like, by Which that, you love to so, see, don't you? Within the first five minutes, there's been a cross-in from Evra, decent corner with a header from Vidic. Um, then just a few minutes later, there's a, a ball in from Nani, which O'Shea miscues. Johnny Evans crosses to... Johnny Evans is somehow on the left wing at one point, even though he's playing centre-back. Um, crosses to the back post, which is headed back in. There's a Giggs cross, which Rooney heads wide. Uh, Carragher pulls Vidic's shirt, like, for the most... Not not a lot of conversation about that from Craig Burley. I tell you, like, it's mentioned, but he's like, well, you know, things happen, basically. Um, but it's like, uh, he says Vidic makes the most of it. Vidic jumps and can't leave the ground because Carragher's like he falls in midair because Carragher pulls his the shirt the well-known diver that is Nemanja Vidic yeah. oh my god though talking of well-known divers Nani is an absolute <laughs> disgrace oh no in no this no game. What, what, he, he's he's agent Nani <laughs> he's he's a full-on red in the yeah yeah it's appalling R- behavior filthy diving, filthy diving anyway he should have scored after 15 minutes yeah um, and it kind of breaks from. I mean, it's a it's a, a nice build up, um, in which yeah, the dummy falls, Carragher really scuffs a shot, and then it falls to Nanny from what eight or ten yards out, and he just shoots it. He's he's well wide with the shot, but he really should score. I think he's trying to cross it because Berbatov's coming in at the back post. Unless it's an absolute shank, I think he's trying to put a ball into Berbatov instead of shoot, which it was a, he, a he bad hits decision. That cross pretty hard, yeah, right, <laughs> or at least attempts to. And then what? What? I mean, ten minutes later, Liverpool finally get a shot where Johnson from the right cuts in and, and shoots with his left, but it's not a good shot. Was there something happening in between? Yeah, just one, just one, one thing that nearly brought a tear to my eye because a corner comes in and it's kind of half cleared and like. Oh, I'm such a stupid person. I'm genuinely getting choked up saying this. The the ball comes out and Paul Scholes shoots from range and just seeing... It did something to me, seeing the ball kind of bounce out from a corner and Paul Scholes whack. Doesn't even, it's not miles over or anything, It's but it's not. doesn't really look like it's going in. It was just, oh, God, the amount of times. You know, it's that camera shot because obviously like most of Ferguson's United I watched on telly rather than in real life. It's 
It's the camera shot of as the ball bounces out, you kind of know Paul Scholes is going to be there. Like, you know that the sun's going to come up the next morning and he's not there anymore, you know? Um, yeah. So, yeah, that was, uh, it was it was just a nice moment. That... But this, like, first half hour of the game, you're actually moving the ball so nicely. So, I just Giggs is using the ball really well from the left. He's he's not he's sort of playing as a winger, but it's this is Giggs later into his career where he's sort of smart with the ball, not trying to take everyone. Nani is being really progressive, gets an assist in this game, of course. Although you know he, half an assist, <laughs> yeah. half an assist. Um, but he's threatening down the right. Scores and Fletcher just complete control in the centre and midfield. I mean, what a good pair that was, and I, I think we. We disregarded them at the time. Skulls coming later in his career. Fletcher. This was the season where, of course, he ended up sort of really making some of himself, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Or, well, no. Uh, maybe, 2009. Maybe, no, 2009, yeah. So, But but they're really good. Mm. Moving the ball so quickly, much more quickly than a, a United side does today. Though maybe we'll see that again with yeah. Bruno and Pogba. The um, The... The player that we really hammered on the show was John O'Shea. Like you can't have uh, John O'Shea as a first choice right back. Like John O'Shea is better than any first choice right back we've had maybe until this season since he left. Like that's the the ridiculous thing about it. And actually, he's perfectly good in this game. He just makes one mistake. Um, I mean, it's a crucial mistake. But... Levels, so levels, so we, we expectations were yeah, they really were, high. They were really high. Um. It's nice to see Patrice ever again, just the, the, the sheer speed. Johnny Evans has something of a mare. And, and I think, uh, you know, the one thing, one of the things I did agree with listening back to the show was just how much we missed Rio and how uh, Johnny Evans really looks a shadow of himself playing alongside Vidic compared to playing alongside Rio. The, the... Right, yeah. I mean, Evans has blossomed later in his career. I mean, it's, you can argue that he's had a, a better time after he's... It's not many players go up after they leave United. But you could argue that, that Evans has um, just taken a responsibility being a more senior player uh, and all of that maybe just just grew into himself later in his career. Yeah. So there's horrible rolling around from Nani. Torres does the first thing he does in the game about the 35-minute mark. And this is really like peak declining Fernando Torres. But there's a, there is... There's a bit of skill well, which is just... Yes, he declines more rapidly after. Yeah. I mean, he, he actually makes a £50 million transfer after this. Absolutely crazy. You look at that performance, you go, what? Yeah. What? I mean, there's one moment of, like, he beats a couple of players and then beats another player again. Um, and he, you can see the player that he was there. But then there's some absolutely world-class bad defending from Torres. For United's first. For United's opener. Yeah, he should have error leading to goal. Yeah. Which he, which he doesn't have. I was looking at the statistics, but he should have. Yeah, me too, because he just stands behind Berbatov with his arms around him, which, you know, everyone wants to cuddle Dimitar Berbatov. I get it. but That's all right if you're goal side. Yeah. When you're not goal side. No, he's <laughs> literally standing behind him and Giggs just pops the ball on his head and he literally just, like, compl- I mean, if you haven't seen this goal for a while... Go back and watch the highlights of this game. I mean, you should do that anyway because of the second goal. But you will never see defending this bad. There's no way of defending worse than this unless you deliberately score a goal on your own. <laughs> My note says pathetic defending lols all around. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's just 
I mean, he's a striker trying to defend, but that is, is bad. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, yeah, Berbatov just turns his head um, and, and scores the easiest goal he'll ever score. Um, and he clearly felt the difficulty level wasn't high enough. Um, there's a there's a, one my other final note before half time is just a really nice touch and spin and a sort of low scoopy shot that goes wide from Rooney, who right. who is this isn't like a memorable Rooney performance, but he's just casually excellent all the time. Yeah. It's interesting watching him and Berbatov because I remember at the time we had a lot of discussion about who should be the deeper player and in Fergie's sort of classic four four two, yeah, one's ten yards off, one's further forward. And Rooney had his best seasons numbers-wise playing right at number nine. And arguably his better performances playing a bit deeper mm. because he's involved in the game. But you could say the same of Berbatov. He naturally wanted to drop deeper. Um, but he scores goals in this season when he's a bit further forward. One of the things we were talking about is um, we had a, a Champions League game coming up against Valencia and Fergie wasn't playing 4-4-2 in the Champions League at all. So it was what do you do with Berbatov, who's in sparkling form. If you're not playing 4-4-2, you can't play Berbatov up front on his own. Um, and, you know, I, can't, I meant to look up what formation he had played in that game. But certainly in the Champions League final, by that right. point, Berbatov's had his best goal-scoring season ever. Doesn't even get off the bench. He brings Michael yeah. Owen on instead of Berbatov and plays Hernandez and, and Rooney up front um, in a 4-4-2. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah. I mean, they spread the goals around the season. Hernandez ends the season with 20 in all competitions. Rooney only 16. Berbatov 21. So, you know, lots of players. Michael Owen, nothing. <laughs> God. It's still shameful that he ever wore a United shirt. It's the worst. Um, so Liverpool did start the second half a little bit brighter and kind of on the front, front foot. But it is United that have the first shot and then he has a, a shot at 48th minute. Um... And then Fletcher has a dig from range, which gets a deflection, and Berbatov follows in to almost there. Yeah, tries yeah. to dink it past Rayner, but can't quite. But like when you say Liverpool start on the front foot, they have like one attack. Yeah, and then just go deep straight away. There, Gerrard is almost on top of his own. Yeah. I mean, Paulson definitely is. He's a defender playing in midfield. Mm. Uh, but Gerrard's sitting deep as well. There's no ambition whatsoever in this Liverpool side, which is why it's really odd when the, the summary of the game from the commentators is a Liverpool push United really hard in that second half. Yeah, they scored two goals from big, big error leading to goals from United defenders. I mean, so the um, the uh, watching this made me really understand why Liverpool fans absolutely hate Roy Hodgson because that is completely reasonable based on what he put them through. <laughs> it was really, really bad. Um, so yeah, like even though they're supposed to be uh, the the kind of have a better second half, the all my notes really are about United. Um, and that's not just like, because I was only watching United for once. It's all because they, they're, they're all, they're making all the running. There's an amazing ball from Rooney to O'Shea on the flank who knocks it back to Nani, like absolutely destroys the stanchion, kind of hits the the bit where the crossbar and the post join with a rasping shot. Um, and then, I don't even know. I mean, we talked about this on, we did bonus content. We did the like uh, top 10 goals of the decade um, for the 2010s. And we talked a lot about where this one belongs in relation to the Rooney goal. And I think in the end, we put the Rooney goal higher than this. But I, I feel like, the the public perception of John Kerry on this like 
just flip-flop all the time. And just seeing this goal more recently, I don't know if anyone's ever scored a better goal in football than this goal. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it is interesting, isn't it? I mean, it, it comes from Nanny. I mean, obviously we died, you know, we took this apart in minute detail in the bonus shows, multiple of them, but he, he cuts back onto his left foot, he's on the right wing and sort of floats across over. And the, the brilliance isn't necessarily just in the overhead, it's the fact that he... He controls it and sets himself up for the overhead all in one go. Like he'd, the moment that ball left Nanny's foot, he decided that it was what is going to happen. Yeah, it, that, and that's that's what's so kind of you know I'm being hyperbolic, obviously, but that's what is so magical about the goal. It's um, I mean, there's a brilliant pass from Fletcher to Nanny. Really, like I assumed it was skulls actually because it was like a perfect raking diag, um, but it, it was Fletcher. And then it's funny that like loopy crosses from Nani are responsible for the two goals of the season. This one didn't take a massive deflection and get shinned in though. Um, this one was uh, <laughs> Rooney. Rooney does well to kind of leave it and get out of the way. I don't know whether yeah, Berbatov yeah. shouts him. And that, the fact it feels like there was a shout there, doesn't it? Yeah, and the fact that Ber- that Rooney's so close to him adds yet another component of difficulty level. Um, and that just the. You know, Rooney's is entirely improvised. It's entirely visceral, isn't it? It's like two different jazz improvisers. I'm sorry, everyone. But it is. It's like two different jazz improvisers. <laughs> one who is kind of wild and uncontrolled and occasionally hits moments of genius. And one who is just in the pocket all the time. Smooth jazz. That's Dimitar Berbatov. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think it's, it's two sets of freeform jazz. I think Berbatov's is freeform jazz. Rooney is is a garage band in a mosh pit. This is exactly right. He just right. does what? Yeah. yeah, Rooney's. It's like it's Rooney's is uh, is the best punk band ever. Like hitting a peak moment, and Berbatov is Miles Davis, um, and just his control of the ball, and then he bangs it top corner as well. Now, listen, he probably wasn't aiming for the top corner. He was probably just trying to get a foot on it. But it's a phenomenal, phenomenal goal. You love to see it, you, especially you, against Liverpool. Yeah, you, he loved it as well. I mean, he was always very cool with his celebrations. Not for this one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. He's like, oh, I'm going to dine out on this for the rest of my days, like, um, and rightly so. And my next note, well, my next note actually says Craig Burley hates Maxi Rodriguez, but my one after that says Johnny, what are you doing? Question mark. Question oh. mark. Question mark. Yeah, I mean it's it's just really bad because it's a nothing it's a nothing situation really. Torres makes a turn not particularly tight or anything like that, and and Evans, I mean it's just he 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 goes down in two thousand and seven and takes him out in two thousand and ten. He goes, it, it's just fully it's so early over the ball as well. Like he's kind of I think he's aiming for the ball, but he goes completely over it, and then it goes ballistic like. Like, you, he looks genuinely aggrieved. He doesn't look like he's acting aggrieved. And I don't know no, what was going and, on in his head. I don't know why. Did he think he got a little bit of the ball? He must or have done. He must have done. But even back in 2010, you can't get a little bit of the ball and two of your opponent's legs and go, oh, no pen <laughs> No, absolutely not. So, no, I don't get it. Unless it was like... No, no, come on, ref. It's ridiculous that we've been this good in this game and we should somehow only be 2-1 up after this moment. I mean, so by the way, like United could have been a bunch of goals up. But I... Oh, look, Gerard scores this penalty. 
absolute non-entity in this game before then. Yeah. Just just completely hiding from it. And and of course he gives it the big I am after he scores. Yeah. Not not quite as big as the the big I am that's about to come, yeah. but still. Um th- then it goes straight up the other end immediately. It was a good penalty from Gerald, fair enough, well done. Um well done, he's thirteen. Um, uh, it's not that difficult against Van der Sar. Yeah, <laughs> terrible. <laughs> um, the worst of the goalkeepers we've seen in this run. <laughs> Just based on these performances. But bless him. Um, it, straight up the other end, putting the pressure on immediately. So it's not like United go into their shells at this point. No, that's right. Good crosses from both Nani and Giggs, who both um, are, and then a moment later, um, Giggs absolutely skins. You said he didn't like go past players, but he skinned Glenn Johnson. Um, in this, in, in not with pace but with skill, um, I, Nanny is a very rolly boy. Too rolly, mate. Stop rolling. That's what I've written. Because he there's one in the first half, and then there's one in the second half, and then the penalty penalty claim is, I mean, genuinely like Fergie would not have been happy with that. We we know that he did not like this kind of that level of just sheer play acting um, from his players. So anyway. Uh, but yeah, G- Gig skins Johnson, puts in a lovely cross. Rooney touch falls to Berbatov, who shots block. And Nanny skins Koncheski on the other side, but has a bit of a silly shot. Man, if your left back is Paul Koncheski, wow, you're in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, and then then we come to the, the talking point, apparently, uh, where O'Shea is booked for a foul on, on Torres as the ball's attempted to play through to Torres. Uh, and the discussion afterwards is, and I remember the discussion, I don't remember the incident, right, until I watched it again. And the discussion is, well, surely that's a denial of a goal-scoring opportunity, last man, as they used to call it. Yeah. Um, and and it should be a red card and, and all of that. And you watch it and the pass is really wayward and goes straight through to Edwin van der Sar. And, and it's almost completely incidental that Torres and, and O'Shea clash. You do Almost so incidental that you'd ask whether it's really even a foul because the ball's never under control of the attacker. Not even close. He's never within 10 yards of it. I mean, anyway. you're still not allowed to push people down. <laughs> you're not allowed to push people down. and But it's not even clear that it's a push, right? It's a clash between two players. But It's a foul. But Listen, let's, let's, not, <laughs> let's not go... It's like you're like the people who like are con- con- absolutely sure that they're being lied to by the government so now believe the earth is flat. Like you've gone so far the other way. One conspiracy theory at a time. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> this is the 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 relentless raging anger that this was. Well, surely that's a sending off. And there's one replay. They show it once. The replay from the reverse angle where you see how literally the Liverpool player is passing the ball to Edwin Van der Sar, and the action is taking place because of full shortening and all that. The action is taking place so far away from where the ball is. like, And, and Howard Webb very quickly books him for a deliberate foul, which I think is a perfectly reasonable decision. And this, the, the analysis of this didn't make me annoyed with the anti-unitedness of it. It made me real, really feel sorry for referees because like, so many of the people watching football are conditioned by the coverage that is kind of put out there. And it must be just impossible for referees who make, who, you know, 
make a, a clear and obvious correct decision and get hammered by idiots, basically. Yeah. Well, this this would there's no chance this gets turned over by VAR for a red card. No chance. They do the penalty. They do the red card check, but there's zero chance. It's uh, it's not a denial of a goal scoring opportunity. There was never a goal scoring opportunity, and and that was because of the Liverpool player who can't pass to his own man. And ne- and. There was also not a goal-scoring opportunity from the free kick, but Darren Fletcher, for some reason, decided they felt sorry for Steven Gerrard and very confusingly leaves the wall. I mean, we we watched the Nasri uh, thing from the Van Persie penalty in the City game. This is, I mean, listen, I'm not exaggerating and not many people love Darren Fletcher more than I do, but this is as bad as what Sami Nasri does. He just ducks out of the way. And... and I mean, it's going to hit him. It hits him square in the chest, if uh, or maybe the midriff, you know. But not the gentleman. So it's, there's no excuse. Well, he and he just he just gets out of the way. So there's, he goes a, there's a Liverpool right where he was. Yeah, there's a Liverpool player to the left of him who breaks out of the wall, and he goes with the Liverpool player. Which I've never played professional football or even amateur football of any level, or was even in my school team. But I'm pretty sure that. You don't leave the wall to go with the dummy runner. Um, They're not even playing man-to-man marking in this game, so he's like, "Whoa, I've got to go with my man." <laughs> yeah. um, and the the you know it's compounded. The crime is compounded by the fact that that is the side of of the wall that Van der Sar is not protecting. Yeah. So he, he's wrong-footed by the free kick as well. Yeah. Anyway, so Liverpool are two-two. Gerard now gives it the really big "I am." It's just yeah, something to say. It's like he doesn't like spot a camera and run towards it and in the spur of the moment he sees the camera and starts beckoning the camera towards him come to me come to me come to me under any circumstances the most he's done is equalize in this game like like even if they hold on for two are well done you got a point like that's what what is he doing uh he's always had a big ego and a and a large sense of uh, his own importance Fueled by media personalities who, to be fair, didn't say he's the greatest player on the planet who's ever and probably invented football, but is the general tone around coverage of Steven Gerrard. Anyway, yes. There's been there's been a lot of talk, a lot of talk about Paul Scholes and Steven Gerrard <laughs> in the last five years. And every single bit of that talk has been utter he's not fit to lace up Paul Scholes' boots. Like, if you were picking a team, if you want a Roy of the Rovers for a somewhat average team, sure, sure, pick Steven Gerrard. If you want a piece in the machinery of an amazing team, you wouldn't, there's no, there's just not even a second thought of which two of these you'd have. Absolutely. Anyway, last laughs all, last laughs all round for United. <laughs> Very enjoyable. It is. Um, uh, the only thing Liverpool do is Morelis could have done a Van Persie versus Spain header, but just uh, Morelis is not Van Persie, so he just sort of heads it wide harmlessly. Um, and then, then there's the nanny dive for the for the pen. Pen. Um, and then just <laughs> joy, un- joy unconfined. Skulls does really well to get the ball out wide to O'Shea because Skulls under quite a lot of pressure. Steven Gerrard could not have made that pass, uh, would not have made that pass, wouldn't have been the right place to make that pass. 
um, gets the ball out wide to O'Shea, who gets um, a good cross in, and Berbatov just easily towers above the Liverpool defender to score. And above Carragher. Oh yeah, of course, yeah. Enjoyably, another massively overrated player, and he wasn't even rated that highly. Bad, <laughs> bad defender. Yeah, I, I quite like him. I think he seems all right, Jamie well, Carragher. Apart from when he's spitting at teenagers. Yeah, that's true. There was that. But I do have some sympathy for how appallingly uh, people in the public eye get treated. But anyway, that was not nice, not a good thing. But yeah, um, uh, Man United in 2010 were, in fact, it turns out, still really, really, really good. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And yes, it's a, it's a it's a joy watching this again because you kind of remember when we were last good <laughs> ten years ago. And you know, they, they, there were problems in this team, and th- well, they sure, conceded. Yeah, and and the depth of squad, you know, Makeda, Gibson, and Anderson come on, which mm. kind of tells you that the the squad was a bit thinner. Of the rest of the, of them that were on the the bench, I mean, there's a young Chris Smalling on the bench, Wes Brown, who's always for his whole time at United in uh, and out of the side, Michael Owen. Boo. Boo. And Kuzak, uh, the reserve keeper. So, you know, it's, there's, there are issues with this squad for sure. Uh, but still, it's a squad that makes Champions League final, wins the league and, and uh, thoroughly dumps on Liverpool in this game. Yeah. I mean, just, um, I, I did remember it being quite a back and forth affair. I, I, you know, I remembered their two goals, and maybe, uh, maybe retrospectively influenced by the commentary and the fact that United had kind of thrown away a number of leads around that time. Thought this game was closer than it was, but the different, the golf in quality between these two teams is not dissimilar to the golf in quality the other way round at the moment. Um, so yeah, that's the unfortunate, uh, unfortunate end note, but still. Um, yes, I mean we won the league with eighty points. I'm obviously Liverpool are going to win this league with somewhat more than that, and and the world has changed a little bit in the last few seasons in terms of the number of points that um, clubs. A lot of draws for United in this this campaign. Liverpool were sixth on fifty eight. Well, we make I don't think we'll make fifty eight this season. <laughs> we might do, might do. Yeah. The um the. The draws is the only reason it's only 80 points, isn't it? Because it really should have been a lot more. But, you yeah, know, only once, four defeats. once again, um, Ferguson gets a team to the Champions League final and wins the league in the same season, which which really is one of the great differentiators between United's European success or, you know, their, their, their best performances in Europe compared to some of our uh, rivals who won the Champions League or got to finals in the times that we've been following. So, like, obviously back in the day, Liverpool used to win the European Cup and the league in the same season. But in 2005, where did they finish? Fourth, maybe? No, fifth, right? Because there was a whole thing about Everton not getting into the Champions League. Um, 2012, Chelsea were nowhere near the league, if I remember rightly. Um, So, you know. And 2006, when Arsenal got to the Champions League final, uh, Chelsea won the league. So, there's, you know. Fergie, good. That's yeah. Fergie, I mean, good. Berbatov, good, but good in yeah. parts, not in the whole. You know, and yeah. Um, uh, we'll come on to this for backers. We'll talk about Berbatov's career at United and and elsewhere, and as a 
I was going to say pundit, but personality might be the, the yeah. correct uh, word afterwards. But uh, yeah, you know, some beautiful moment. Well, one really beautiful moment in this game. Yeah, and just the the poetic justice of Gerard kissing the camera and then Liverpool losing was, you know, I'm just just undiluted pleasure. Really, just yeah. This was I really I really loved watching this game. It was very enjoyable, um, and it's been really nice to talk about it as well. Uh, so what we have to decide, which we definitely should have done before we started recording, because traditionally it's a disaster when we try and decide this during the game, is what we're going to do next. And it feels like quite high stakes at this point because there because there are so few left. I mean, we've we've done I think we've done everything that I desperately wanted to do. Uh, maybe we could do um, we, I will just quickly check if it's uh, if it's available, but maybe we could do the one of the comebacks against Tottenham. Um, like, you know... Oh, we did one, didn't we? We, we, we did. did the, we, we did, did yeah. 3-0 down at half-time to 5-2. Five, 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 like three a long win. time ago. Yeah, there was the one at Old Trafford as well. I think we've done enough United Spurs games. You just love okay. Spurs, don't you, weirdo? Yeah, well, that's kind of true, actually. But well, we've like, done... let me give you a few options because okay. uh, we've, we've done all the European Cup finals that matter. Well, except for yeah. the 9-9-1, but, yeah, yeah, but we all know the story of the 9-9-1. Um, uh, so, so, so here's some FA Cup finals. 83 Cup final, interested in that. 85 Cup final, dreadful game, but... I, I, nothing, with, nothing with extra time. <laughs> 1990 Cup final. Oh, my God, which one? Well, the first one was good, second one bad, but United yeah. won. We, uh, could, um, we could do the, the three-all. I mean, it, the, the thing that... It feels a bit like to me is we've kind of told the stories that we've needed to tell because one of the things that we've been doing, that, that, you know, there's some randomness to our selections and just games we've enjoyed, but I, I do feel like we've covered tipping points and pivotal moments. I tell you what we should do. We, what um, we haven't done is Fergie's last game. We could uh, could do that at some point. Yeah, we could. The, what the five all? Yeah. Should we do that next? Oh, I don't know if I can handle it. <laughs> I don't know if I can handle the emotion. Oh, I think we can do that. Uh, why not? All right, we'll do it. We'll we'll do the the five all versus West Brom. Then that that's coming up next. Romelu Lukaku hat trick, um, which uh, Fergie teased Rio about in the dressing room before the recent two thousand and eight uh, memorial game. Memorial's not the right word, um, but he said. Did anyone ever else ever score a hat trick against you, Rio? And he goes, no. And Gary Neville goes, didn't you see him at QPR? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It was good. All right. Um, so, yeah, we'll stay tuned back as we're going to talk Dimitar Berbatov for a bit and everyone else will see you soon with the, the five all. See you then. Thanks a lot. Thanks for that.